Hey, my mamas, and welcome to episode four. This is actually the very first guest episode, and it's with Allie Blackburn. Allie and her husband Brody were actually prior clients of mine at Kodiak. I helped them find a house, and it was all done via FaceTime because they were buying this place on sight unseen, and it created quite the unique relationship between us because they had to trust me a whole heck of a lot. And I'm just so excited to have had the opportunity to talk with her today about her journey through motherhood. You guys, she and Brody have a sweet little five-month-old named Quinn. Allie walks us through the life of a mother going through postpartum depression on top of a million other things that was piled on top of them in this time of their lives. She not only does that, but she helps us identify signs within ourselves and then those of others so that we can get you or the women around you the help needed as soon as possible. The best part about this, or at least one of the best pieces of this, is Quinn actually joins us for the interview. Yep, that's just the way it happened. Of course, it wasn't planned, but tis motherhood. So you're going to hear lots of sweet little coos going on. She does end up falling asleep at one point. Um, and she does grab Allie's mic a little bit towards the beginning. So if you hear some of that muffling sound, that's what's going on. And then lastly, if you hear a bit of inappropriate laughter from Allie or myself, mostly myself, just know that we are doing this call via Zoom and you try having a serious conversation with an adorable baby nomming at Allie's face and the headphones. Anyhow, really excited for you to hear this. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf. <laughs> it's mama time. Hey, Allie. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited that you're here and that you have baby. Thank you so much for coming and for being a part of this. Yeah, she'll probably talk more than I do here. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to mind the, the the baby sounds. And if they do, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, as long as they're happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll do what we can. Yes. Well, hey, I um, really just think I want you to start with telling us a little bit about yourself and then maybe go into your story when you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Allie Blackburn. I'm in the Coast Guard. I'm a wife and uh, recently I'm a mom to five-month-old Quinn Blackburn. Let's just say the past year has been a whirlwind. Um, every possible life event that could happen has happened to me in the past year and change. Um, summer 2019, picture this. Um, <laughs> we just had our wedding. Um, we had just closed on a house with you, Sarah, in Kodiak. We we're getting ready to move to Kodiak. So house, wedding, moving. We got here and my husband went back 
to Washington in order to get situated, I found out I was pregnant and while he was gone. So not only pregnant, but I found out I was high risk pregnant because I had just discovered that I had tumors on my thyroid gland. So I ended up having to have surgery around 18 weeks when I was pregnant with her. Um, and that was just the first surgery that I had when I was pregnant. I had a second one when I discovered she was breech and she needed to be born via C-section. So two surgeries, lots of worry from both me and my family and Brody, uh, my husband. Yeah. So all of this happened during a pandemic uh, on an island in the middle of the ocean, away from family and loved ones. Um, and unfortunately, both my husband and I experienced the loss of family members in the past year as well. Uh, recently, just a few weeks ago, my grandmother passed away. So it's, oh, wow. it's been a lot, um, but we got this precious little thing out of it and <laughs> the worry is gone. She's quite literally ripping my face off of, or my <laughs> skin off of my face right now. <laughs> she likes my, my headphones. Yeah, of course. Now she's licking my headphones. She's eating them. She is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it could have been worse. Um, everybody's healthy and happy. And we have this grabby little creature. So it's so crazy. And I like, I know you're watching me. It's like listening to you tell the story. It's like, it's not nervous laughter, but it's just almost like astounding to think that so much could have just been piled on top, you know, one after another. And you're just such an incredible human. You're always just like, so, I mean, I know, you know, you just always seem so happy and positive. And so it's just pretty miraculous that you're standing here today. We're having this conversation after all of that. And it's really not even that long. It's been five months since. It's only been five months. And that was at the height of the pandemic when they didn't know what what it was. They didn't know if it was more susceptible to pregnant women or babies, if they would catch it or if you could breastfeed, like nobody knew anything. So we went into this, um, almost not even knowing if Brody would be able to be at her birth. And I know tons of women have gone through not having their partners or family originally intended to be at their birth. Yeah. Um, she's so loud. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'll tell you once I get into a heated debate with my husband, she starts chiming in. So that's what this is. She's adding her two cents. I also do the same thing where if I get like really upset or passionate about something and I like start raising my voice, he's like, like gibbers at me. I'm like, okay, I'll stop. Like I get it. Um, I, this may, everybody may not be super concerned or want to know more about this, but I don't even know that I have heard of too many women that have had a surgery so late in pregnancy. Like, how does that even work? So the thing with the thyroid gland, um, luckily the tumors were benign. They took out two and a half tumors. So, um, they had to take, remove those glands entirely. Otherwise it would just keep spreading. And before I moved here, I was just, I was exhausted. I didn't know I was pregnant on top of it. So that added to it. But um, having thyroid issues makes you very tired. And I just didn't have energy and we couldn't figure out what it was. And we're lucky that we caught it actually, because if I had gone undiagnosed with it and had her, she would have issues with her thyroid and probably be on um, medication the rest of her life. Wow! So it was such a miracle 
that we found out the way we did and uh, everything a- really lined up it, it, as awful as it seems, right. everything worked out yeah. kind of perfectly. Yeah. You were like thankful for that in the end. Yeah. And That's of course crazy. we were worried about surgery, um, but you had to get it between 17 weeks and 19 weeks, I think it was. So I think about 18 weeks we Just had it done wow. because that's right before her thyroid gland develops. So if she had her gland develop while in utero, she would have had my condition and it's very dangerous for a baby. Yeah. 100%. I, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more just because I'm, oh my gosh, she's just like hugging you. She loves hugging. <laughs> and licking. Oh, makes me so happy. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about kind of post baby and because I think that's really the, the, the biggest part of why we're, we're talking today. That's why we're here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say it, postpartum depression because I don't feel like a lot of people say it enough. Um, It's tough. I think uh, having gone through it and having come out positive, I feel totally fine now. Yeah. Um, But postpartum depression in the middle of a pandemic and being a new parent, um, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I... I know being a new parent's hard in itself, but adding this layer on top of all the other layers of what I was going through just kind of created the perfect storm for developing PPD. (laughs) It's hard to talk about a serious topic when we got such a cute child. It'll keep things light. It'll keep things light. Well, so, I mean, okay, how are you feeling today? Because we're five months out. Oh, yeah. I feel great. Um, I think a combo of it was I did a lot of talk therapy. I talk openly about it to my my Coast Guard command. I talk about it to my Coast Guard doctor, my my community doctor, my therapist, my friends, my family. I just want everybody to know, hey, if I seem off or if I'm forgetting things or yeah. I'm I'm adjusting. And it took a while to adjust. And I didn't find out until I was about two months postpartum. Um, that's what you were going through. That's what I was going through. It just hit me. Yeah. It just hit me. Um, you always hear the term baby blues, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that's immediately after you've given birth, you go through that transition phase when your hormones are raging and coming down after being pregnant for so long, your body has to adjust. But mine, I felt wonderful after I gave birth to her. I've, Granted, I was I just had C section and yeah. they had me on medication, so <laughs> yeah, I could have attributed to it. Um, <laughs> I, but it felt very nice, and it was a good adjustment period. Um, my mom and my sister were supposed to come visit for the birth and help me out and cook me food and yeah, be a caretaker for us. Yeah, and I was really looking forward to seeing them, and then it ended up the pandemic hit and nobody could help. Uh, we didn't know a lot of fam. Well, we didn't know a lot of friends on island because we just moved here that past summer. So we, not that we didn't have anybody, but we felt very alone. Well, and that's the thing that, um, and I know people have people who are not in the military world, right? Like, <laughs> it's totally fine. You know, 
yes, you, you know, you can, I think there's a lot of people that can understand moving away and being away from your family, but I just think too, we need to put this perspective. Um, and you know, Kodiak is an Island. It is, uh, you have to fly off of Kodiak. You have to fly off the Island to get anywhere. You have to go to Anchorage first, then you go somewhere. So it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy trek. It's expensive. So it, it just, it makes a distance so much greater and the resources are somewhat limited. And, I know we'll expand on that a little bit more, but it just, I just think that even though it's a beautiful place, it's a beautiful island, I think beautiful relationships are bloomed in Kodiak because of that very fact. It also can make it a more isolating place yes. for going through something like this. So about from months six to eight being pregnant, after I recovered from my thyroid surgery, I wanted to stay active. And they had on base at the gym, a water aerobics class that I was taking. And it was my most favorite thing to do. And I had a bunch of older friends in that class. Um, I was the only pregnant lady, but uh, a lot of the ladies from that group and, and the men, Brody, my husband hangs out with the men before pandemic, but they were so supportive and checking on me and just having a couple people go, Hey, how's it going? Um, and then friends and family from afar texting and I got really good at FaceTime during COVID. Yeah. So um, <laughs> having God. those people check on you and and talk to you and just say, hey, we are thinking about you or, hey, here's a flower I cut from my garden or here's some cookies I baked. And uh, yeah. just having those people, it made a, a lot of a difference. Yeah. People that were wanting to look out for you or thinking about you and concerned about you. I would think that going through some of the emotions that you would go through through postpartum would just make you feel a little, a little more reassured of your, your need and the, and the love that people have for you. I think that's something I would think I've not gone through it myself, but, um, I would think that would be something you'd really, you'd want the most of, right? Like I know in times I would think in times, right? Like it, feeling like it's in a place of loneliness and like you want to almost isolate yourself, right? That's kind of probably like the first like, pro- like protection mechanism that you, at least you're, you're, you know, you're fighting for yourself in that way, but it's like the very last thing that you should be doing, right? You need to be wrapping, you know, people need to be wrapping themselves around you. And, and how do you do that in a pandemic? Right. It right. was the weirdest experience because we couldn't go out to the store. We couldn't, I mean, I was post-surgery and I had a, an infant who doesn't even have her, her flu shots yet. So yeah, I don't know what will ex- be exposed to her. I don't know what I can catch. Like we were so immunocompromised. It was scary to even be near other people when all we wanted was to be near other yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like take you to a dark corner, but I do think that just so people can really understand what those emotions feel like when you're going through it. Can you just like kind of walk me through like a day a little bit? So I'm the queen of dark corners (laughs) and I am happy to go there. I, one, one day I just, I handed the baby over to my husband and I went into my bathroom and I just cried. I just, I was thinking about so many different things and everything just seemed so upsetting to me. So I just day after day for a week straight, I just couldn't stop crying. And I'm a crier. My mom (laughs) is a crier. We cry. That's how we express our feelings. But this was so much deeper than anything I've ever felt before. 
And one that was my first signal. My second one was, and a lot of ladies I'm learning don't enjoy talking about this part, but the horrible thoughts that go through your mind. And it wasn't suicidal thoughts and it wasn't harmful thoughts for myself or my baby or my husband, but it was me taking a walk and seeing it clear as day getting hit by a car or imagining all the scenarios where my child dies. And that is very dark and very deep. And it's, it, that was my biggest red flag. That was very concerning because I'm, I'm what they call a murderino and I love murder podcasts and I love scary movies and I can separate the two. I can separate from my real life. And this felt like I couldn't separate it. Like it was my, like a horror story of my life. And I couldn't explain that to anybody. And it was scary. I just got, I had like total chills when you were telling me that. Where do you think the shame comes from? I think I have like a response and a thought on this, but where do you think the shame comes from? Because that is ultimately part of the reason why we don't want to talk about it, right? Like, I think a lot of women have trouble reaching out to people because one, unless you've gone through it, you don't get it. You, yeah. you can understand. Like you can say, oh, I feel you, I understand. But until you've been there, you can't yeah. possibly understand. Just like any kind of depression, where you can't get up in the morning or you you can't eat or you you can't I couldn't remember the word for fridge. I was pointing at objects to my husband. I say, what is this object? Like I cannot bring the word to my brain. Oh my and that's more than just mommy yeah. brain. Yeah. Um I couldn't concentrate on things. I was overwhelmed with with love and joy, but fear and sadness and I wanted my family to be there to meet her. I felt like a lot of things got taken away from me. And I mean, but we've been so lucky too. So like I felt guilt at feeling bad about myself and my situation because so many people have it worse. So I'm going to rewind. I think women have trouble reaching out because they fear that if they tell somebody these horrible thoughts, that either they imagine they will act on it, yeah, and live it becomes real, like it make it become a reality, or they'll take their children away from them. It makes which, total sense. Which aren't the cases. If yeah. you reach out to yeah. a doctor, early identification and treatment is the key to reducing or eliminating those symptoms. Okay. Uh you know, one of the things I keep thinking about, and this is where my remark on shame came in, was you, and I remember feeling like tinges of this, and obviously it was definitely not postpartum, but it just shows that like, I can imagine the the greater emotion that you would feel around this specific thing. But, you know, I remember tinges of feelings a little bit around this, and it was for completely different reasons. It was a postpartum, but it was a reason sometimes I felt like I couldn't speak a truth that I was feeling. And a lot of it was, I think as women, we are expected to like come out of having a child feeling like we're supposed to be glowing and we're supposed to be feeling so, so happy. And we had just have this brand new baby in our lives and like what joy and, you know, what a gift. But then if you're not, like, if you're having any other thoughts other than that, it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, it just seems like, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, 
Absolutely. For someone, for some, you know, you to tell that to somebody, I just feel like they, the understanding of that wouldn't be there. And so I just think the expectations around it are, are not always the case. And I think that most moms, like I really truly believe that most moms, there's no thing that can, that can prepare you for becoming a mother. I mean, you can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts, you can talk to all the friends and family. There's nothing to prepare you because you don't know how you're going to emotionally react and your reality and the person you are truly gets flipped upside down. You may think, you know, what kind of mom you're going to be and how it's going to feel, but you have, you really have no clue and then throw in emotional hardship and all the other things. And it's like, yeah, it's a, it has to be just the scariest place. Yeah, I agree with all of those things. I don't even I don't even know what to contribute to that because you said it perfectly. Can you I wanna like I really want to talk about Brody. I of course know Brody just because you guys were <laughs> clients of mine and I just adore him. And for those of you, he's helping with my audio stuff. So I he's he's I'm like an even bigger fan right now. But like how was how was he through all this? And was there anything in particular that he did to like help support you that you just felt like was really, really helpful and you want you want other other women to hear, maybe their husbands? So, or family, <laughs> yeah. In general, let's just start with the fact that he moved across the country with me as a military spouse. Luckily, he was able to maintain his job and work from home, but that that was a huge life transition for him. So, supporting me in that first and foremost, uh, he didn't find out I was pregnant until about. 10 or 11 weeks into it because I didn't want to tell him over the phone. I wanted to tell him when he got to of Kodiak. Course, yeah. So I waited. And of course he was supportive of it all over again. And then I said, I'm going to have surgery on my thyroid. He said, I'm here for you. Every step that I went through in this ordeal, uh, he was there and he is always there. And I know he'll always be there. And I couldn't imagine a better life partner and a better husband and dad, somebody that supports me regardless of, you know, I can't, I can't move because of a C-section surgery or I'm depressed. He took it all in stride and I've never, I've never seen him more strong and I've never been more proud of him and I've never been more proud to be his wife. He's really amazing. I know that not everybody has a really supportive husband. And so we feel really, really lucky. Those of us who do, I feel the same way about Cameron. And I really feel for those who don't have the support. So for those who don't have a husband or, you know, have friends or family that maybe you're helping them in this specific time and need, like, were there specific things that he did day to day? Or like when you were crying in the bathroom, like was, was there anything that he said or anything that he did in particular that you can think back to that was just really what you needed in that moment and really helped you along? As with anything with being a new parent, just having somebody tell you it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling And that doesn't have to be a spouse, you know, that can be your best friend uh, call you on the phone, which my best friends, they have done that for me too. I'll call them bawling and they go, I love you the way you are. But he, he was very much a, I'm here when you need me. I'm here. If you want to talk, you certainly don't have to, but just listening. I think listening is the big part. I think watching out for signs that somebody 
is not being themselves because if you're depressed or you're suicidal, you might not bring those things up or you might not recognize it in yourself because you're in a completely different reality than you could ever possibly imagine. So having even your doctor or a coworker or your spouse, a friend, a sibling, call and check on your people, call and check on those new moms, gauge how they are, just see if there are any red flags. And if there are, encourage them to talk to somebody. It's not going to get better unless you reach out one and encourage them to talk to somebody. Yeah. Like simply just asking, I was reading a little bit about, um, you know, it's a suicide prevention month, national suicide prevention month, which was really cool that our conversation aligned in perfect timing for the launch and everything. And I'm just so makes me so happy. Um, but I was reading and doing some research. And one of the, one of the things of course, is that, um, what was their message? Their message was cool. It was, um, be the one to, and then I've had like, I don't know, five or six different actions. And one of them was, was I think, ask like, somebody that's going through, um, a period of depression or postpartum, they just simply being asked how they're doing, like just makes them feel, I mean, I don't know, a little bit more, um, well, I mean, maybe you should finish the sentence. <laughs> if someone a little more you, acknowledged, a little more loved, uh, thought of, yeah. cared for. Yeah kind of brings them maybe down, like just brings them down from like a heightened state of maybe gets those thoughts out of their head a little bit, just almost like a form of distraction, but then the reassurance that somebody's there, like you said, they're loved and acknowledged and cared for. Yeah. I actually, I mean, obviously Brody knew what I was going through, but I didn't even feel like I could talk to him initially. So I called my mom and she's a a women infant healthcare nurse. So what better person to have in my corner And I just told her, I feel overwhelmed. I can't stop crying. And she said, I think you're depressed. You need to go to a doctor. She said it straight and I'm thankful she did. And she said, I'm, I'm here. If you want to talk on the phone, I wasn't saying anything, but she's like, I'll just be here. I'm just here. And that was more than I could possibly ask for. Oh my gosh. Even so, even just knowing that someone's on the other line, why are crying? Like, yes. You, Isn't that the weirdest thing as women? <laughs> We're like, can you just listen to me cry? Yes. I don't need you to solve anything. Just like, let me be how I am emotionally. Let me, let me experience it. Yeah. It's just the feeling that you're not alone. Like, you know, I think anybody wants that. Not just depressed people. Nobody wants to be alone. I don't think. I don't think so either. At least not truly deep down. Nope. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about the science to recognize them with yourself, but if you are the person on the outside, obviously none of, not all of us are your mom. We don't all know the science. <laughs> so we mentioned like forgetfulness, right? That was like a baby, a big oh, one, yeah. just like kind of cre- like just out of your mind a little bit and not remembering words. Yeah. So loss of appetite. Okay. Uh, feeling overwhelmed with any emotion. Another one for me was irritability, just for no reason. Just the mere sound of my husband's voice, it just sent me into a spiral. And I'm not normally that way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anything, anything you recognize out of the normal, if you're normally active, but then you are not interested in things, you lose interest, anxiety, guilt, self-doubt as new parents. uh, Sometimes it's easy to confused, just, I don't know what I'm doing 
with postpartum depression, you might be in the deep weeds of, I don't know how to take care of this baby. That's a sign. Yeah. Like don't, don't look past those things. Okay. That's helpful. That's helpful. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's important that you pointed out that that's the difference between like, what does his poop need to look like versus, um, and how do I change his diaper versus like, I like just being so overwhelmed that you feeling like you just can't like the the action is too much. Right. Just if you physically don't feel like you can care for your baby. Okay. Like it, it hurts to think about, I don't know, maybe sucking snot out of their nose, your fear, fear you're going to hurt them. I, okay. These are just, and every woman's different. And I sure. want to stress that. And I am not a doctor. I'm not an expert, but this is just, I experienced very few symptoms. Some people experience a ton of symptoms. Some people experience one or two. Everybody's different. Every woman is going to experience it different and how they seek help and what helps them is going to be different. It makes total sense. Okay. So speaking of help, I know that one of the things you really wanted to touch on was self-care and some of like some of the practices that you felt like you, well, the, that you put into place that were, that were big and that's worth mentioning. Absolutely. So like I said, before I, well, had Quinn, before I was even pregnant, I was a very active person. I loved group activities. I loved softball and volleyball and when all those things started shutting down because of the pandemic, I found myself unable to maintain the level of activity that I had prior. Plus I was pregnant. So I can't really fault myself for that. (laughs) Plus the two surgeries. So my activity level went from very high to non-existent and that definitely contributed to my postpartum depression. Some activities that helped once I was given the green light from my doctor after my C-section, because you have to wait, you can't yeah. just jump right back yeah. into it. You're going to injure yourself further. That is like such a hard battle. Cause I, you know, I, miles was C-section too. And it's like, you feel so like, you feel like you can do it. And I know not everybody listening is going to have had a C-section, but if you've had, like, you just feel like you can do all the things and you do overdo it one day and you're like, Oh no, I can't. Like even, I can't do that. Even if you've had it a nap, natural birth. They say vaginally. Yeah. Uh, Vaginal and C-section are both natural births. Let me just say that. Yes. Yeah. Nobody is less of a mom for having a C-section. So come at me having uh, it vaginally, even breastfeeding, vaginally, vag, vagina. (laughs) (laughs) How do I say that? How do I say it without saying naturally? Like, because vaginae, vaginae, now I can't say it. (laughs) Vagina vagina. natural. (laughs) How do I say that? Okay, so let me restart. Yeah. You're going to cut that out, right? No, I don't think so. Brody's going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to listen with him. Um, So regardless of how you've given birth, regardless if you're breastfeeding or not, this eats up so much of your energy and getting back into working out after having a baby and losing all the sleep that you do from having a baby. It's difficult for everybody, not just us C-section ladies. Yes, there is that recovery time, but I did find taking a walk every evening, even if it was just to the mailbox and back, because sometimes that's all I could manage. Sure. 
before I started feeling that pain, um, I gradually built up my walking and then I started doing foothills around Kodiak and then I started climbing mountains. So I built up and I even carried her on most of my hikes because I was like, well, I had that baby weight before. So let's just keep the baby weight. I packed her in the front and I lost all of my weight and then some already. I'm what, five months out. And I think I'm down five pounds from my pre-pregnancy weight. Yeah. Back in my regular clothes. <laughs> it feels so good. And it's it like does. the most empowering thing ever, climbing a mountain with your baby attached to you. Oh my gosh. And Kodiak Mountains are terrifying. <laughs> there are some I am never taking her up again. And they're scary. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. There's definitely a few that I didn't even attempt because I was like, I don't think I can handle that. Like I that you know what I mean? Especially carrying in the front. Cause it would take a while before I felt comfortable enough putting him in the back. Cause it takes a while yes. and you need to have the right carrier and they're too yes. little at this point to anyway, already have okay, one so, lined up for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to in Kodiak. It's important. I do. <laughs> so exercise. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. That I think that was the biggest reason I fell into the depression. I think that's the biggest reason I got out of it. Sure. Also, talk therapy. Doesn't have to be a therapist. Like I said, talk to your friend, your mom, your brother, sister. Talk to somebody. Just let them know what's going on so somebody knows. Also, medication. I'm on medication, and I could not have reset my hormones without it. I, can't, I couldn't naturally do that. Sure. You're so overloaded during pregnancy and then all the surgeries, I couldn't do it. So yes, I'm on med- medication. Yes, it seems like a very taboo thing to some people and some people want to go through things naturally. And by all means, if that works right. for you, then do it. But medication worked for me. And it shouldn't be something somebody's scared to approach their doctor about. It doesn't make you less of a human or less of a mom or less of a whatever you're battling anxiety or depression. Well, and you know, don't you think too, I mean, I feel like we might've made this point that when we talked, but it's all temporary. It's not something that you have to do forever. It's to try to get you to a place that you can be off of the med, like off of meds, right? Like this is not something that you have to adopt into your everyday life for the rest of your life. Yes. My doctors stressed that they said, while it does seem like you probably will be on them for maybe a year or so, sure. uh, they monitor me. I go in regularly and I discuss how I'm feeling. We've had to adjust the dosage up to a certain point because lower doses weren't working for me. And it just, it was a, a trial and error thing. So if they put you on medication, it might not work automatically. You might, it might take a couple months to sure. level you out, but I promise it'll help and you'll get to where you can think straight. I'm back at work. I can do my job. It's it's all working out a lot better now. Good. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. How much care, I don't know, I don't know if you even want to touch on this, but how much care or did you and Brody as a team put into just I mean, looking at food as medicine and like really ensuring that your nutrition was at least there to support you. So when I learned that my baby was breech um, and then my COVID was happening, we realized that family wasn't going to be able to visit. So I had about two weeks to prepare 
So two weeks right before her birth, I meal prepped so hard. I've never meal prepped more, more in my life. My freezer was overflowing with, with dishes that my husband could just throw in the crock pot or, um, my favorite is pre-made, pre-made breakfast burritos. Cause you okay, can just pop yes. them in the microwave and yes. you can put every nutrient that you need in those. So I had like beans and eggs and vegetables and whatever I felt like you can yeah. make them taste however you want. And I, yeah. I still have those for lunch. Like I'll prep them at like 40 of them at a time and have them all month. So being able to meal prep was, I think a lifesaver for me because I don't know if you remember all the stores were running out of food too. It was scary. They were like, running thank out God of food. Yes. Thank goodness. I meal prepped. Thank goodness. I had bought toilet paper and paper towels in preparation for having family over like a month before it all ran off the shelves. And also I cloth diaper. So I didn't need to purchase any diapers because those were gone too. So it, it worked out. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So one of the things I was thinking too, and you can tell me whether or not this is even in the realm of something that you can even coherently make decisions around or like really think forefront, think about it. But, you know, I feel like one of the biggest impacts that we can make in our lives from day to day, or just, um, around our mindset, is the influence that we, that we have. And so I am talking, of course, friends and people we talk to and lean on, but movies we watch and things we listen to. I mean, I just, so because right, like if you are in a bad place, or if you're in like a place of really overwhelming confusion, if you watch something that potentially could almost like facilitate, you know what I mean? Like make that worse or just put you in more of a groove. Like did those thoughts come up or was that like, did you just want to watch something or be in a place of just numbing yourself? Obviously Brody is very musically inclined. Yeah. So we did a lot of music. Um, we listened to a lot of music because we kind of started off saying we didn't want to do any screen time for her, sure. which a lot of parents, I think, start off that way. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, but we just turned off the TVs because we just wanted to be present. And what better time? We're stuck in a house during a pandemic. We yeah. were on maternity and paternity leave. Uh, we just kind of wrapped our entire world around her and just watched her and listened to her and bathed her and learned her the whole time. So we listen to a lot of music too that we want her to know. And we listen to her daddy's music and what mommy likes and what daddy likes. So every morning we would start off with some songs in bed. And I think that really helped bond us. And we're very musically inclined this family. So we're hoping Quinn will be too. And daddy, (laughs) daddy gives her piano lessons every day. So my goodness, that makes, that's amazing. I feel like we need videos yeah, of that. So, I've not seen a taste um, that of was, that. I haven't even thought about that. And I think we should also know <laughs> that everybody really needs to go and check out Brody Blackburn. He's probably on more than I know, but Spotify seems like probably the best and easiest way to find him, right? And iTunes? Spotify is a good one. Um, he has an Instagram. He has a Facebook. Okay. He loves being added on all sorts of social media. So Instagram, at... Brody Blackburn music. Check him out. You guys, he's so good. It's crazy how talented. I don't, I didn't know how talented he was until 
later down the line, but he's really talented. It's pretty incredible. And I just think how cool that she gets to grow up with that experience. I also, is he like working on any songs that might may or may not have been inspired by Quinn? Oh my gosh. So many songs. So I'm so excited. Dude, he, <laughs> the first time we heard her heartbeat together, he recorded it and used it in a song. I couldn't listen to that song without crying for probably a solid three or four months. Like I would get to a point and I'm just like, it's stupid. Okay. Wait, you're talking about like one of your ultrasounds? Yes. The the very first time he went to an ultrasound with me was the first time we heard her heartbeat. Cause I had gone to one initially um, and I didn't hear it because they couldn't find it. But the very first time we found it, he was in the room. Oh my gosh. I just love I know. him even more. <laughs> I do too. That's like the most amazing thing. I'm like, <laughs> maybe it's the wine. I don't know. But <laughs> I want to uh, cry. It's amazing. We're both, we both start crying on here. <laughs> you so, have to send me what song that is. Question? Or maybe you need to tell everybody what song is that? Oh gosh. I can tell you. Yeah. We need I, to know what song that is. So there's actually a couple. So the first song you should listen to is Paper Planes and Checklists. And that kind of talks about his and mine relationship and how we met. And that that's the one that has her, her heartbeat in it. Okay. I listened to that. We listened to that the night before last, maybe. Oh, Um, but now I got to listen to it again, knowing that. Okay. Ah, that's amazing. Yes. Oh my God. Hey, Okay. All right. Well, okay. So back to our, <laughs> back to our topic. That was really important. We really needed to cover that, but, um, okay. So I really want to know, you know, a lot of what the show, this podcast is about is also kind of the beauty and the mess. So what have you learned about yourself through all of this? So I have been in the military for over 10 years. I'm active duty in the coast guard and being in the military as a pregnant female and having gone through pregnancy and this new journey called motherhood, I feel like I'm in a unique position to advocate for my fellow pregnant and new mommies in the military. And I'm very excited to know the policies now and know the workarounds and what type of leave you get. And I I even have a I'm even supervising somebody in my office now who is looking to start a family sometime. So I feel like I can guide people better. And I even have some military men reaching out to me asking about guidance for policies. And it just feels great to be in that kind of position. And it allows me to lead in a way I never could before. Yeah. That's like, that makes me, I love that. I think that it's so hard sometimes to see any kind of positive, right? You, you Like if you start asking yourself, like, why is this happening? What's going on? I think, you know, it's really hard to answer anything like that, but then you start going, you know, you get to whatever, you know, a healing place or maybe a more peaceful place. And if you can get yourself to the point where you now see opportunities to, help other people, help serve other people based on what you just went through, the knowledge that you have, I think it ends up just providing a whole new mission and perspective in your life or just, just in, um, just in that specific realm. Like, like I remember having a conversation with somebody after our mis last two miscarriages and just kind of talking about my story. And it was like, as soon as I did that, or even as, you know, as soon as I made this post, 
about what had been going on in our lives. I had so many women reach out to me immediately after that. And it was like, it's such a ripple effect and it makes such a difference, but it's just the most amazing feeling and the most just, it's the most, it's the most amazing feeling knowing that you can take something that you just went through and make something of it, right? It's all not all for nothing. Even if you're only helping one person, the change and the enlightenment that you can provide is, I don't know. I just think it's worth so much. And I'm going to tell you, Sarah, you were the first person that I met in Kodiak. We drove off the ferry and went to our new house and you brought us coffee and (laughs) treats from monks. And I even the first conversation in Washington that I had with you, we FaceTimed. Yeah. I told Brody, I think she and I are going to be really great <laughs> friends. I was like so excited to meet you. And and when you left, n- not to make you feel bad, but I was so sad. Oh, I was Allie. like, oh, she could have been such a good friend. I mean, we can be friends yes. from afar, yes. but I was looking forward to having play dates with you and Miles. I, but you're such a beautiful person inside and out and you need to know that. And it, it did leave a hole when you, you left and I was like, where is she on social media? And the wine is making her cry now. So (laughs) I'm so, you just like melted my heart. I, well, you've melted so many hearts, Sarah. You're amazing. I really, that means more than I can even express to you. And I am, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say now. You like (laughs) took the words out of me. Um, I felt this, I feel the same way. And I'm so thankful now that we have had this opportunity to bond. It's so crazy how life works in that way, right? We were, I, I, I feel like we should definitely talk about this. So I, you know, announced that I was going to do this podcast. I created this Facebook group, um, this, the private mama inspired collective. And, um, you know, Allie was on there and I had made this post that, look, I was ready to finally start. I was in the process of, of creating the podcast. And I was finally in the place where I was ready to start talking to women and start talking and, and like, you know, scheduling these interviews and having these conversations. And you reached out and it was like, you had really just started not maybe just started, but you were really budding this passion for wanting to talk about postpartum. Like you wanted a platform to be able to do it on. You wanted to be able to just help women and serve them because you had just gone through it and you were feeling really strongly about it. And I had been really needing to find somebody who I felt like could tell this story and help serve these women who are going through this and also enlighten the ones that have, you know, no idea what this journey looks like. And I'll admit that I've not lived this one. Um, and then, you know, you like messaged me, <laughs> sent me your application for the interview. And, and then we got on the call and all these things just fell into place. And it was just so serendipitous, but I think above all selfishly, I'm just feeling really like thankful that it's brought us together. And I think that's amazing. I, I wish that I would have been more available and more a friend through that time with you just to be another layer of love and support, but really happy that we're, I'm really happy to we're together now. Oh gosh, me too. So I was thinking about it and with my position as a public affairs specialist in the Coast Guard, it's my job to tell those stories of like what you're doing. I wanted to write stories and do videos about the pandemic and motherhood and birth and pregnancy but it's also kind of a rule of thumb we have as PAs to not talk about ourselves. But I kept thinking, I have so much to say and I have so much experience. And if I could just help one person get through this type of ordeal, then 
I can use this experience as something positive. I only ever take my horrifying experiences and try to make something beautiful out of it. And I am so hoping that I can do that with this. And I want to let anybody know listening, if you feel like you're alone, you can reach out to me. Sarah will give you my email. Just, I know what it's like. Please reach out. I'm always here for you, regardless of who you are. I love that. Yeah. You guys, I'll be putting that. I'll be putting Ali's contact info, um, in the show notes so you can go there to find it. That's amazing that you're willing to make yourself available for that. It just shows you shows what kind of lady that you are. Um, all right. So this is the last question I'll ask, and then we'll, we'll bid our fair farewells. But, um, what do you want the mom that is, that's going through this right now to know? I need you to know that I understand and somebody understands you're not alone and just talk to somebody, reach out. Okay. Well, you guys have just heard and listened a lot of, um, gosh, a lot of like just really beautiful moments, some really beautiful intimate moments, and also just some really inspiring words and a story that, um, while I know sometimes these things aren't the easiest to hear, it's really important that we, it's really important. I'm sorry. No, it's totally fine. You guys were just trying to have this serious conversation and this cute chunk is just, she's just so precious. I love it. It's great. We call her zom baby. She (laughs) likes to put her mouth on me. (laughs) Yeah. For any of those who want the actual visual visual for this, it not only is it going to be on the podcast platforms, but it will be on YouTube. So feel free to come check out Quinn and beautiful Allie. All right. Well, I can't, this has been amazing and I can't wait to do this again. I feel like there's other topics we're eventually just going to have to talk about. Um, maybe honestly raising a child, early children and a pandemic and what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so, so much. And I am just excited for everybody who's listening. You are, you're amazing. Thank you, Sarah. All right. I'll talk to you. Bye. Hey, mamas, before you peace out, if what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.